views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from running your life? Join award-winning author Dr. Friedemann Schaub from Empowerment Radio as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges in our day-to-day lives. Find out how you can use the power of your mind to overcome self-sabotaging patterns and build a solid foundation of confidence and self-respect. Learn cutting-edge tools and approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. This is the time to empower yourself. Now, here's your host, Dr. Friedemann Schaub. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Friedman. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for being curious about learning more on how to master your mind and how to master your life. Well, on Empowerment Radio, as you know, I'm always picking a topic that we usually kind of try to avoid, something that makes us feel rather uncomfortable or maybe even stuck, a pattern, a habit, a belief that we have been struggling with for quite some time. And since we don't find a solution, we just put it to rest and hoping that it doesn't show up again. It usually does. And such a topic is exactly what I want to address today, which is a topic of getting your buttons pushed and reacting in a way that you're not totally proud of. You know that feeling, right? So you're at a family dinner and your sibling says to you, why are you always late? Or your mother tells you, isn't it time for a haircut? Or your father looks at you, "Mm, I think you gained some weight. What do you do? Well, either there is this red curtain falling onto your mind and all you can do is just to lash out, be mean, get aggressive, push back. Or maybe you feel really insecure and ashamed and you try to justify yourself. Or you want to run away and just leave the whole situation because you have had it with them. Or maybe you feel like a deer in the headlights and you don't know really what to say, you're confused. And in the end, you know, it feels just like, again, you were made voiceless. Now, the button pushing doesn't stop there, right? Because afterwards, the real problem starts when you continue to think about it. You sit at home and you mull it all over. Maybe you cry. Maybe you're, you know, bashing yourself, berating yourself for not having the right answer at the right time. Why did I not say this? Why was I not more confident, funny, aggressive? You name it. In the end, you are wasting a lot of energy and a lot of time on something that may have lasted just a minute or so. And so this button pushing can be a real problem when it comes to getting you out of sorts and giving your power away. Happened to me the other day. I was at the dentist. And I was at the dentist because I had really a bad throbbing toothache. So the dentist checked me out, did some x-rays, and he found that the crown that he just had put in 
a few months ago had infected. Why? Because somehow during the procedure, there was a little mistake of not pushing the paste far down enough into the root canal. So there was some kind of a pocket of air left, and in that pocket, the infection started. So the solution was to eventually pull it all out, clean it all up, and put a new crown in. Doesn't sound real fun, but it need to be done. Well, so I was ready to leave when all of a sudden my dentist started to rant and accused me of me being the one who is at fault for what happened here. He admitted that it was a procedural mistake, but I caused the mistake by pushing him to have the whole crown setting done in two sessions rather than in three sessions. I couldn't really remember that I had done that, but he may have been right, probably because it took me an hour every time to get to him and because it was right before our vacation. But the point was that rather than taking responsibility, he felt more comfortable being angry at me and frustrated and guilt-tripping me. And I was that deer in the headlight that really didn't know how to respond to it. I mean, I saw my options. I could have stormed out, slammed the door and looked for another dentist, but then also have to pay for the procedure myself. Or I could have just pushed back, be angry at him, and then unfortunately have an angry dentist, you know, maneuver sharp instruments in my mouth back and forth, which wasn't a really good idea at that point either, I thought. Or I could have made a joke be light about it, be funny, but my toothache didn't allow that to happen either. So in the end, I stayed mum. I didn't say anything, took my prescription, took my appointment dates, and moved on. And predictably, I was thinking about it all the way home. What could I have done differently? How dare he? Why did he do this? And all of those things. And you know how the mind then goes onto this little hamster wheel and tries to turn and turn and turn, somehow looking for an exit, but can't find it. And so at some point along the way, I realized what I was doing and that it was my job to stop that part of my mind that was in the fight and flight, was trying to choose between fighting and flighting and really have a conversation with that deeper aspect of my mind to see the whole situation differently, to get a very different and more empowering perspective that then allowed me also to instantaneously have peace with it. In that process, I wanna share with you today during the show. But before we go there, let's talk about why, especially at this time in our life, this is so important to be more in a place of choice, to be more in a place where we stay grounded and centered and together when maybe the general discourse seems to rather go into another direction. Coincidentally, the midterm election just finished and some of you may feel happy and elated and relieved and some of you may feel angry and frustrated and sad and anxious, you name it. But the point is that this election and the whole political discourse 
has brought up a lot of emotions for many people. Divisiveness in our country seems to be more than ever before. And I do believe that because of that, something also changed in the way we are interacting with each other. Someone called it recently the second climate change. The climate in the country, amongst the people, has changed from being respectful and polite to being rather harsh, aggressive, and at sometimes domineering and controlling. Have you ever noticed that there is a little bit more of maybe an aggression in the conversations that you have? That simple disagreements don't just end with agreeing to disagree, but there may be more anger, there may be more frustration and irritation expressed. As a sensitive person, have you ever noticed that in general, you may pull back a little bit more? You may avoid certain people or situations because you don't want to feel their negativity. Now, what happens overall, whether it's that there is an emboldenment of expressing more those darker opinions and beliefs some still harbor inside, whether the fear of anything that's different is bringing up these extreme opinions about xenophobia, sexism, and other aspects of just not accepting, embracing, and being tolerant to those that are different or believing different, but rejecting them and somehow brand marking them as, as wrong and even dangerous. What that is, is that it creates inside of us a feeling eventually that we are on our own and that we cannot trust others and that we cannot really share who we are and that we can no longer rely and even communicate with each other. And that what I believe is at stake is that once our nation, and I think it's a global problem, once people in general are pushed into that sense of defensiveness, not being able to listen any longer to each other, not any longer to have a disagreement without to react, once we are pushed into simply that negativity is responded with even more negativity, judgment is responded with more judgment. Once we are at that place, we truly are distracted from anything that is really important in our world right now. We are facing so many issues, global warming, hunger, and inequality of wealth. There's so much at stake right now. The whole idea that we can simply react to be right to other people's difference in opinions, to other people's negativity, for me, seems exactly going into the wrong direction. Just like Gandhi said, we can choose to be the change we want to see in the world. So if we want to see more positivity, if we want to see a greater sense of harmony and compassion in the world, we need to make that happen first in ourselves. And I do believe that starts with how we communicate with each other and how we react to other people's negativity. Now, I wanted to call the show How to Deal with Difficult People originally, but I think that's not totally fair because whatever is difficult for us 
may be totally agreeable to others. And it's not very empowering to try to change other people or make other people wrong and blame them rather than taking that responsibility inside and saying, how can I not go down that route of going low when someone goes low? How can I not buy into someone's anger or judgment, but stay centered and confident and be a source of peace and be a source of calmness and compassion when everything around just seems to go in the opposite way? Well, the answer to the how is the mind. How we can change our mind is exactly what I want to talk about today. And that is what we're going to start addressing in the next segment. So stay tuned. I will be right back. you are meant to live with more joy but you're just not sure how to get it what does the phrase give me the joy make you feel join me lynn horde every second and fourth thursday 9 a.m pacific 12 p.m eastern on the give me the joy show as i take you on a journey to peel back the layers so you can take back your joy to find out more about my work as the joy coach including my popular programs joy school and joy at work visit lynnhorde.com A space of allowing radio with Coach Nancy Coco, welcoming all that wants to be present today. Tune in Thursdays every first and third week at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com as Coach Nancy helps you find a space of allowing. Join Coach Nancy to explore what lives at your edges and to bring more of yourself home. For more information, visit NancyCocoCoaching.com. Demystifying the journey on From Here to There Radio with your host, Diane Garris. Tune in every third Wednesday, 4 p.m. Pacific time on TransformationTalkRadio.com as Diane helps you get from where you are now to the life you envision. Get ready to get unstuck and move forward. Every show features a new special segment, New Age Notes, demystifying hot metaphysical topics of the day. For more information or to work with Diane, visit DianeGarris.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. We are talking about how to not let your buttons get pushed. Well, I mean, the easiest answer would be, of course, to uninstall those buttons, right? Someone has installed those buttons. And what I'm talking about is our reactions, these defensive programs we all have that somehow make us then either go into avoidance mode or go into control mode or go into pleasing mode or going into being the good kid or the achiever mode, all those defense mechanisms that are also survival techniques that at some point we have learned. And the buttons that got installed, they are still very active, especially if we have never really learned how to, whatever they trigger, respond to those triggers differently. So uninstalling those buttons is actually something I do. Helping people to change their minds by really reprogramming old beliefs, by releasing old emotional patterns, 
patterns of insecurity, anxiety, sadness, and also resolving any kind of inner self-sabotaging conflict. So if you want to know more about this, you can always set up a free consultation with me by going to thefearandanxietysolution.com. That's thefearandanxietysolution.com, all in one word. But let's say you don't want to necessarily uninstall the buttons yet, but you want to learn how not to react to them. You can feel them, but you don't have to do what you used to do. You can actually make a different choice. So what are your options? You can, of course, try to avoid the people who do upset you, which kind of is very limiting, right? Especially if those people that push your buttons are in your daily life, like your family or your colleagues or some of your friends. Well, you can try to change those people. Mm, Also a little challenging because usually people don't want to get changed, especially not because you want them to change. So that's a little bit hard to accomplish as well. And then you can, of course, also fight them and be right. And that is just another form of giving your power away. See, once I realized that whenever my buttons get pushed, what I'm doing is I'm giving my power away because I'm no longer choosing to think and act and feel a certain way, but I'm doing something because someone was doing something, quote unquote, to me. I realized that, no, I don't want to give my power away. I don't want to be in that reactive mode. And especially afterwards, when everything is said and done, when that person that pushed the button is already off drinking tea and eating a sandwich, and I'm still in that energy, that's not really a good use of my power. So knowing that you want your power back, knowing that this is no longer an option for you, That's a good motivation to say, let's make a difference. Now, keeping your power, not letting your your buttons get pushed, sounds a little easier than done, but there are certain things that can already put your mind in the right direction. And the first thing is just to know that it's a mixture of an internal and an external process. And I want to start with the internal process. I want to have you think about why, why you don't want to do that, why you don't want any longer to react, besides that it just doesn't feel good, right? It's not really a good feeling to feel like that you are almost like it's someone's remote control and you're responding exactly the way they may even have intended you to respond. And it doesn't feel good to give your power away because afterwards you do feel empty and drained and you don't really feel any better about yourself. Maybe you actually have put the person at place. Maybe you have yelled and you have shrieked and at the end shut that person that put all the judgment on you up. And then what? Then you feel just that you have poured more negativity into the fire of negativity And you have just uh, perpetuated that, what you didn't really want in your life in the first place. So that's another reason to change that. But as I said before, being the source of positivity, or at least neutrality, being that person that can be a role model for others, especially when there is so much 
fear and confusion and anger and judgment, just being that source that people can look at and say, he doesn't get fathomed. He doesn't lose himself. She stays always calm and grounded. She's always able to see the high road, to be open-hearted. He is always able to be open and compassionate. Wouldn't that be wonderful to be that person and to be someone who can then teach also others how to be? Now, a great example is someone that uh, I just read about the other day. It was a father of a kid in Texas who was bullied. His son was bullied by some other boy. And you know how fathers are. They become protective. And some fathers would have confronted the parents. Some fathers would have confronted directly the child. Some fathers would have said, yeah, you're going to take boxing training and you're just going to hit him on the nose and <clears throat> that's going to make him stop bullying. But you know what? This father was totally different. He actually seeked out, sought out this boy who was bullying his son and just wanted to have a conversation, wanted to understand why he did that calmly, compassionately, with an open mind and an open heart. And very quickly, that child told him that they had fallen on a hard time that his parents had lost their home and that they were actually homeless. And they, he didn't even have nice clothes anymore And because he was made fun of because of the clothes. And sometimes he smelled a little bit. He was lashing out to the smaller kids as a reaction to him feeling ashamed and powerless. And the father completely understood that. And the father went out and went with his son and that boy shopping, new clothes, new shoes. And then he started a fundraiser, a GoFundMe uh, action for that family of this child. And he raised over $20,000 already, jump-starting this family into hopefully a better future. Now, isn't that a wonderful way of not reacting but trying to understand where that person comes from. Now, that is exactly what I also did with a dentist. When I looked back at this whole situation and what had happened, I remembered that while I was in the first setting for the first session for the crown setting, the dentist had received a call. And somehow I gathered that it was a call that was from a family member telling him that some other family member had fallen ill. And even though the dentist didn't really show a lot of emotion, I sensed that it rather shocked him and <clears throat> that it was a, a difficult, difficult news that he had to digest. Now, after that, we had the whole conversation about letting it in two settings and then we had to find a date and, uh, and I called for the second date and his daughter picked up. And the daughter, who was also his receptionist, whispered very quietly. And it seemed like they were maybe in a family gathering or maybe even a funeral. I don't know. But it seemed to me that afterwards the practice was closed for at least a week, that something had happened. Now, looking back now, I understand that during a time where maybe the dentist was already very distressed and fear felt a lot of pressure 
that I was putting an additional pressure on him without really wanting to, without intending to, and that he associated the pain that he had experienced at that time with that what I have, quote-unquote, caused him through being a little pushy. And in that moment, it shifted. I just could have compassion for him. I understood that it could be his way of dealing with the potential loss or the pain through shutting down, being more controlling or being more angry and frustrated. I cannot really analyze him because I don't know him, but I can have compassion for him by simply realizing that there is something else going on that has nothing to do with me, by understanding that there must be a context in the whole thing that goes beyond our little interactions, and that I can simply let go of taking whatever he has done personally and realizing that there is something that I don't have to control, I don't have to fix, but I also don't have to take on. So when we are going internal in a situation like this, it's really important that we are putting ourselves into the shoes of the people that we feel offended by and try to understand better where they are coming from. Whether it's a bully that feels powerless, whether it's the victim that ultimately feels like they need more attention and comfort, whether it's a know-it-all that always just boasts about everything they know and do, but deep inside they feel deeply insecure because they need always more approval and some sense of being good enough. Whether it's the, the sibling that always points out that uh, we do something wrong or we are late, but in the end it's that sibling that may secretly admire us or envy us for the other choices we have in our life. I had a client like this who told me about his brother who always seemed to criticize him. And when we talked about why that may be the case, it turned out that the brother felt stuck in his life. The brother felt trapped in the hometown that he never left, in the family business that he hadn't had the courage to sell and start his own dreams. And he looked at this brother who did the opposite, who did exactly the way, what lived the way he wanted to live, lived in a different town, chose to be outside the family business and pursue his own career. And that freedom we figured out was really what this brother was resentful of. And that resentment and that envy, and maybe that resentment with himself got then expressed through that judgment, that constantly making these snide little remarks, this criticism about the smallest things he must have done wrong. And since ever the, my client understood this about his brother, he could face him with so much more compassion and with so much more openness because he now knew what my brother needs is just to be shown that he's okay and that he doesn't get judged for still being in the same town and still in the same business, and that he does have a good, worthy life that he may not be always able to see. And so the brother decided that he, with the next gathering, will be more open-minded and more open-hearted and more appreciative with that, what the brother has to offer. 
So that's just one example on how you are changing your perception internally by trying to figure out where does this person come from and have the empathy and sensitivity to understand more what really makes that person push your buttons. When we come back, we will talk more about the internal choices you can make to simply no longer react, but calmly respond to other people's negativity. We'll be right back. Ignite your inner magic on Grow Your Soul Radio with Jane Matanga. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Jane Matanga explores how to overcome your fears to help you gain the inspiration you need to awaken your path to joy. Learn the way to life mastery and the enlightened path with Grow Your Soul Radio. For more information on Jane Matanga and her work, visit enlightened-path.com. Hi, I'm Steve Kramer of Spirit Fire Radio, and I believe that meditation changes everything. It leads us in the direction of greater well-being, and that's a fact. I struggled with meditation for years. I understood the principles, but I found it hard to incorporate them into my everyday life. Spirit Fire's meditation practice changed that. It's called the Practice of Living Awareness, and it's taught in 14 steps. These are 14 tools that I can use in any moment on and off the cushion. Steps like smile, flow, and ground of being support my clarity of mind while I'm navigating the ups and downs of modern life. That's why it's called the practice of living awareness. If you'd like to add meditation to your daily experience, the practice of living awareness is free, online, and it's suited for any level of practitioner. Visit spiritfire.com for more information. And be sure to check out Spirit Fire's meditation retreats in Western Massachusetts. It's all there at spiritfire.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Friedman. And it's all about those buttons that we felt in the past could get pushed. And now we are figuring out how to no longer let this happen so that we can become those sources of greater calmness in a time that seems to be rather unsettling and at times also chaotic. Now, I just talked about this concept of just being able to put yourself into the shoes of those people that push your buttons and understand more where they are coming from. Now, along those lines of this internal process, which again is about teaching your mind just to create a different frame, to no longer just see something as a reason to go into fight, flight, freeze mode, but just be more in a, you know, in a pause, in a pause of uh, understanding, in a pause of choosing, and then in a pause of kindly responding to whatever just happened or whatever was said to you. And such a a different way of looking at, at a situation is also the understanding that whatever we perceive in other people and whatever they perceive in us is ultimately just a projection. Now, what I mean with that is 
that we can never really see someone just for who they are because we always are filtering the information through our own expectations, experiences, beliefs, and so on, so that it always comes through as a distorted image, a distorted version of that person. And that is also true for whatever other people see in us. Now, a client of mine was often complaining about her sister. Her sister, who seemed to be very harsh and hard and not very kind and, and controlling and pushy and angry and and he just felt very uncomfortable. She was very sweet to her sister, always tried to be compassionate. When her sister was diagnosed with breast cancer, she was by her side. She supported her, but she didn't get the same courtesy from her sister. And so she felt that her sister was the biggest button pusher in her life. Whenever her sister just raised an eyebrow or raised her voice just a little bit, she already felt very anxious, very insecure, and just wanted to run away. Now, one day, her sister told her in a just completely unusual moment that she deep inside was incredibly scared and anxious that the cancer would come back and that she was so grateful that her sister was always there for her and that she always was a source of kindness and sensitivity because she didn't really have that courage or capacity to be that kind and sensitive to herself. She believed that she needed to be tough and harsh and push through and fight any kind of vulnerability because that would potentially make her more ill. Now, what she understood in that moment, the sister, is that the projection of looking at the sister as something that she was fighting inside of her, that vulnerability, that sensitivity, that emotional awareness and emotional availability, that this wasn't really something that was wrong with her, but it was something that the sister felt very uncomfortable within herself. It's almost like she, in that moment, saw the part of herself. The sister saw the part of herself she rejected in that sister that was more that source of warmth and kindness. And so she pushed her away, just like she pushed herself away. Again, understanding that helped the sister tremendously to no longer get the buttons pushed. And when her sister is usually was harsh and judgmental, she could deflect it easily and just remind herself, my sister must be really scared and she must really fight with her anxiety and she must really fight with her vulnerability and the sense of powerlessness. So this is why she's trying to fight with me. But I'm not taking the bait. I'm not taking it on because this is not what I'm about. I'm proud of who I am. It takes more courage to be sensitive and vulnerable and open-hearted than going into that mode of shutting down and pushing away. So I just keep on walking my path, shining my light, being my true self, and hope that one day my sister will also be able to see the strength, the courage, and the beauty in that. So I turn it all around. So remember, the next time you do react 
realize whatever this person was doing to you, saying about you, judging you for, criticizing you for, it has very little to do with you. And it says much more about that person. Now, these are all really very helpful ways to change the frame of your mind and just make you look at a certain situation from a greater distance. But sometimes that's not enough. Sometimes we just feel like we cannot figure out where this person comes from. We don't really understand the projection part of it. So what do we do then? Well, this is where we can go even more on hands-on mode with the subconscious mind and really teach the subconscious mind what frame we want to put the whole situation in that person in. It's like this internal representation we can change. And what I mean with that is that whatever happens and whatever we think about isn't really translated in the subconscious into words, but much more translated into images. We really have inner movies running in our head <clears throat> all the time. And we also have sensations like the background music of a movie as a part of what is running on the subconscious level. So when you think about someone that pushed your buttons and you would close your eyes and you would just feel and see how this inner movie looks like, you may be surprised to find out that you may see that person way bigger than he or she really is. And that person may be right in front of you, much closer than the situation was. And it may feel rather that there is a dark energy to it, maybe something overpowering. Maybe there is also a sense that you are much smaller than usual and that you may feel somehow more contracted or a shadow of yourself. Again, this is not reality, but this is how your subconscious has been interpreting this situation in that inner movie, that internal representation. And that may be a habit. That may be how you have felt as a child when you were reprimanded or when you were maybe dealing with a disagreement. You may have felt, okay, this is my reaction. I'm going to become the little mouse and that big person is just, you know, overtowering me and all I can do is just look for a little crack and disappear. So once you see that, you can turn it around because obviously that invisibility or this flight mode is not what you like. It doesn't serve you. It doesn't create a, a balanced relationship. It doesn't make you feel empowered. So let's change that. And what you do is just simply change the size first. So you make the person that you have been struggling with equal in size to you. And maybe this person physically is smaller than you, then you make that person exactly how it is, physically smaller. Now, you can even make that man or woman smaller if you feel and sense that there is an insecurity, a sense of powerlessness, an anxiety, a defensiveness coming from that person and realizing, well, how that person really feels is probably really little. And that's why they are so aggressive or negative and pushing out to compensate for the anxiety that they feel inside. And you can put the person further away from you. 
And rather in front of you, you just make it more sideshow. It's something that you don't really have to focus on because there are other things that are more important. Or you can put this individual behind you as something you just want to let go for now and not think about and release. And you can put in front of you all the people that you love and that you care about and that really are, you know, maybe in your inner vision looking at you with, with an open heart, with a smile, with an appreciation. The point is that with these inner uh, representations, you simply teach your subconscious how you want to see a different a situation differently than it was appearing to you in the past. And even though it may feel in the moment that, oh, you're just making it up, you are, you know, basically putting a lipstick on a pig, that's not really what it is. You just make a choice <clears throat> of how you want to relate to something that in the past, didn't leave you a choice because you related to that situation from very old patterns and old limiting beliefs. And that is simply what you turn around. Now, besides changing the color and uh, the position of the person that you have been struggling with, or maybe the light or the brightness it can also be helpful then to bring yourself back into the picture and then surround yourself with a protective shield, a force field of confidence, a bubble of self-esteem that simply in your visualization allows all that negativity to bounce off you. You can visualize that bubble three or six feet around you and you can see how maybe people try to project onto you, but it doesn't really fathom you. It doesn't really get sponged up by you as in the past. It doesn't really reach your buttons any longer, and you're free simply to be yourself. That can be also a very helpful way to teach your subconscious on how not to take anything personally. But the last piece of this inner change to no longer get your buttons pushed is to also take responsibility and ask yourself, so what can I learn from this situation? How does that situation maybe teach me something about myself? How does a situation help me to become a better human being and to be better in communications in the future? For example, when you are getting criticized and you feel that's a button that often gets pushed, Ask yourself, so how does this person serve me right now to learn to be more proud of myself, to learn to feed myself with appreciation and approval rather than always needing it from others? And people do something that pushes your buttons because they live differently. Let's say, for example, they don't work as hard, take more vacation, have more fun, and you feel like, well, these people are not serious. They are not really you know, good citizens because they don't really have these ambitions inside. Well, maybe there's something inside of you that then can also look at what you resent about them and pushes your buttons about them is maybe something that you resent about yourself, that you're missing that freedom to have more fun. You're missing that permission to say, no, I don't work so much. I'm going to put my priorities right now 
more in my family or more on personal enjoyment or personal growth. Just notice that sometimes is what pushes our buttons can also really be an enormous opportunity for us to learn more about ourselves and then start to change those buttons, dismantle them, and maybe also let go of whatever constrictions and whatever constraints we have put on ourselves and learn from the examples of others. So then the final step is how all of this internal change can translate into the external changes and into better communication and more harmonious relationships. So we will talk about this after the break. Dream on, lie high, and live adventurously on The Laura Meeks Show. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Laura Meeks guides you in finding your unique gifts and bringing them to life. As a certified life coach, speaker, and veteran bomber pilot for the U.S. Air Force, Laura knows how to follow a dream. She is ready to support you so you can dream on, fly high, and live adventurously. For more information on Laura and her work, visit flyhighliving.com. Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Fantastic has a special gift for everyone out there. To receive three chapters of the Knowledge Book as a special gift, send your email to mmjp99 at gmail.com. That's M as in Mary, M as in Mary, JP99 at gmail.com now to receive this fabulous, fabulous gift of the Knowledge Book. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. So now that we talked about how to internally no longer react to when someone is pushing our buttons, how will this translate then into the external communication? How will we be different? And what can we do to just further underscore that what we just internally have changed? Well, I do believe that slowing down is perfectly, well, not only uh, appropriate, it's actually important. So when we do have that reaction to the button pushing that usually is very emotional and fast and makes us just want to do something, fight, flight, freeze, as I said before, just taking a deep breath, slowing down, and this way deflating the energy, the tension that you may have felt, that would be a very important step to take. Then showing, once you have that real, realization of compassion, showing compassion, not just through the words you choose, but really through your body language. 70% of communication is nonverbal. So, the tone of voice you're using, whether you have a little smile, whether you have your body posture that's not offensive or defensive, but really a calm and relaxed body posture, whether you're breathing in a calm and relaxed way, all of those cues 
are actually taken up and on by the person on the other side. There has been a study that showed that vicious cycle of anxiety that basically creates a defensiveness that gets worse and worse when we are reacting to whatever person was doing. So let's say one person is pushing your buttons and maybe, you know, insulting you or making you feel bad about yourself. Now you become defensive and that defensiveness is then picked up by the subconscious mind of that person as something dangerous, something threatening. So that person gets more uh, triggered into that fight and flight mode and uh, that person's reaction gets stronger. And then you feel that stronger uh, reaction that also is probably coming from anxiety and uh, his own defensiveness. And then your subconscious mind responds more to that. And you can see it goes round and round and it gets worse and worse. At the other hand, on the other hand, when you are taking charge of how you respond physically and you're showing that subconscious mind of that person you're communicating with that you're staying calm, it understands that you're safe. It is not an interpretation of, oh, you're a pushover or you're weak. It's really just an interpretation of, oh, this person is actually not fathomed by this. This person is cool. This person is calm, so maybe I can let my defenses down as well. In neurolinguistic programming, just talking about how we can mirror people and then take charge of the conversation is a really, really powerful uh, process. So at the beginning, you may feel like, well, the only way this person really understands me is if I just, you know, take a little bit of that person's uh, uh, behavior on. Maybe I need to talk a little bit on the same pitch. Maybe I need to, at the beginning, have a little bit the same facial expression or a body language. So just that we have a match, a certain kind of rapport. But then I change it, and then I deflate it, and then I bring it into calmness, and then I bring it to a place where all those defenses are disappearing. That is mastery. That is reading a situation and then taking charge of it by directing your mind and the other person's mind into that smooth waters of a more productive way of communicating and relating to each other. Now, if you cannot always go into that more empowered and compassionate place, maybe you didn't really have time to consider it. Maybe it's just like out of the blue, a total new situation. Or maybe you just don't really understand the person at all, potentially because you're too close to them. It happens often with family members where we just feel that is so deeply ingrained that we don't have the capacity to go into this empathetic, compassionate mode. Be the anthropologist. That is sometimes just the miracle cure where you are just going into observation mode. A client of mine told me about that. She had this family that whenever she came home, she felt like an outsider. She always felt like that her beautiful mother didn't make her feel that she is beautiful enough and her brother was always making her feel that she is less than because she has less money and all of those things. So I invited her just to take on her 
anthropologist hat and and ask herself, so who are those people? How do they take? Where do they come from? What do they probably mean? And why are they probably coming to those, uh, you know, reactions or behavioral patterns that I have been observing? And and that changed everything because an anthropologist doesn't take anything personal. An anthropologist is just curious, wants to find out more, and is open without reactivity. And so she was able to have a whole weekend without any blow-ups, without any fights. It was very harmonious. She took notes. She understood her family better. And the next time she saw them, she could have more compassion for their struggles, for their limitations, and also for their fears. Because let's face it, anxiety and fear is usually driving most people's negativity. No matter how angry and uh, no matter how posturing and controlling they appear, deep down inside, what really is motivating them is usually fear, anxiety, insecurity, and often the fear of being powerless. So when we understand that, then we can always find a way to be more compassionate. I hope you have some good tools and processes now in place that you can use to no longer react to the people that you may encounter now after the election, during the holidays, the family members that you try to avoid that make you already cringe when you thought about those gatherings. Maybe you can take a little bit of time beforehand and just go to this internal process, go through the questioning of the projection and perception, the, the trying to put yourself into their shoes, understanding where they are coming from, asking yourself how they can be teachers for you, what you can learn from them, and maybe just by not following their negative example. And then also already putting in place a way of how you want to see them differently how you want to be surrounded by that force field of your own compassion, but also your own self and your own confidence, and then how you want to respond to them in a more calm and compassionate way or in a way that just is observing and curious, just like that anthropologist. If you want to learn more about how to uninstall your buttons and how to overcome your own fears, insecurities, anxieties, go to my website, thefearandanxietysolution.com. I have individual sessions I offer. There is a video seminar that you can go through, which has a lot of helpful tools. There are empowerment tools that you can just download, guided meditations. There's a book, of course, The Fear and Anxiety Solution, and many other things that may be helpful to you. And all the empowerment radio shows and videos, often I record them as videos, can be re-watched on my YouTube channel, Dr. Friedman Shop. If you have any questions on that subject, just send me an email at info at thefearandanxietysolution.com. Until next time, stay calm, centered. Remember to be that source of peace and harmony in the world that is needed right now and stay empowered. Goodbye. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedemann Schaub. 
Join Dr. Friedemann the first and third Wednesday each month at 11 a.m. Pacific as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. Discover how you can use the power of your mind to overcome stress, anxiety, and overwhelm and create a solid foundation of confidence and self-esteem. Learn cutting-edge tools so that you can approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. To learn more about what Dr. Schaub can do for you, visit the fearandanxietysolution.com. 